We good? Good. All right. Welcome back, Apaches. Long time no see, because you can only hear us here on Apache News' waveform. As usual, <laughs> as usual, I'm your co-host, Paula. And I'm the other one, Jeremy. So uh, we got a bit of a special episode today. Um, normally, we're usually talking about what's going around at school or something like that, but uh, we got a little, taking a little different route. Today, we want to learn more of a certain story of a certain someone sitting all the way down there, Oswaldo. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Fantastic. Also, we have our amazing story reporter, Eva, here. And she's been doing a bunch of coverage on Oz's story, but like more importantly, the country story. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about Venezuela, by the way. <laughs> I thought you were setting up for a big reveal. Oh. <laughs> it's Venezuela. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Venezuela part five, guys. I don't know when this is going to air, but. <laughs> watch it so so just for a little bit about you two oswaldo you are an immigrant from venezuela yes i am and eva you're kind of our resident expert on venezuela because how many how many stories have you done on venezuela by now working on number five as we speak that's gonna air tomorrow may 10th hopefully wow. man and and this has been like all year yeah <laughs> from what i can remember the beginning of the year. that's crazy yeah i've come a long way and good job for doing all the stories and bringing such coverage and uh hi oz Hello. <laughs> thanks for thanks for being here. You're you're always yours are studio audience in the back behind the camera. So what's it like being in front of the camera? It feels weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't like it's it always weird the first time. All right. So I think we're just gonna get into it and just do. You guys want to explain what's happening for the people that don't know? Uh, do you want to start? Yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. A little bit about um, yourself. I came here in October of 2017. I moved from Venezuela, like I said before. And Venezuela is a country that is in shambles economically, politically, socially. It's just a really big mess, generally. So, Yeah, so there's so much going on right now that it'd be really difficult to get it all, to explain it all, just and still have time to talk about, about you and your story. So so for e- either, either Eva or you, Oz, what, what's like, in its most basic form, what, what, what would the audience have to know about Venezuela? Um, I would say, like, what, from the root of it, it's their current, like, like socialist dictator, Nicolas Maduro, and all of his, like, policies to help his regime has kind of, um, had this detrimental effect on their economy, like, almost, like, the Bolivar, right, like, has lost almost all of its worth, so people literally can't buy any food, they don't have medicine, there's been, like, this dramatic, um, like, people fleeing the countries to other Latin American countries, and now there's a new current interim president, Juan Guaido, and so they're currently in this, like, presidential power struggle, and Maduro has Russia and China backing him, Guaido has the U.S., but without the military for Guaido, it doesn't seem like there's going to be any, like, future for him and his campaign. Yikes. So, so whose side is the military currently on? Uh, half and half. Yeah. Half? half and half. It's half, half and half. Not not that exact, but, uh, but like roughly. about a week ago. Like about a week ago, the military actually talked side on why those. Mm-hmm. Before uh, Maduro had all the control over the military, but uh, like I said, about a few week ago, some of the militaries they decided to go against Maduro, and there they took one of the bases in the capital. So it really is like a country divided right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, like Close a to a war. civil war. Yeah. Is it like officially? It's not open war yet, though, is it? No. 
No. It's just politics. No, because people want to do a, uh, take a pacifist approach to it, so mm -hmm. they don't want more blood to be spilled. Yeah, that we hope not. Yes. You know, peace is always the favorable option, especially with all the stuff that's already happened down there, too. So, um, we already kind of done a quick crash course in what's going on right now in the country. So, Oz, why don't you tell us a little bit about when you came here and, like, and why? Oh, so, um, in Venezuela, the be the mess has started in, like, 1999 since Chavez took control politically. But every year, the country seems to be worse. And it, it even surprises Venezuelan people how bad it's getting. Like, people normally say, oh, it can't be worse than this. And the next year, it's, like, twice as worse or four times as worse. And, like, the Bolivar keeps going down. The streets are not safe anymore. You can't really walk on the streets at night. Uh, it's not even, not, like, you're not allowed to. It's for your own safety. Uh, you also, there, like, there are little things that you don't really notice unless you go to a place where you can do those things. So, for example, I normally used to keep my chain inside my, my shirt because it's not safe to keep it out because someone can just walk around and just rip it out of your neck mm -hmm. or like even wear watches or wear anything like that or don't take your phone in the streets. Uh, so stuff like that. And now that's normal. That's a day-to-day -day life to us. And then just that's I think that's one of the biggest shocks when I came here, uh, noticing that this is not normal. <laughs> this is not what people really do. People can walk around freely. And... Um, so my family and my parents specifically decided that we can't live like that anymore. So we decided to come here to the U.S. about two years ago. So why are, why Arcadia, though, as opposed to, like, some other cities? Well, I actually have a weird story about that. When we were searching about my my parents mostly said that we first will choose the school and then we'll choose the, the house where we're going to live in because my parents are very, uh, they think that education is very important. As it is. And then my mom, the first school that she saw was Arcadia. And she said, even like six months with, before we came here, she said, you're going to that school with no background, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing at all. She didn't know anything about the school. She just saw the name and said, you're going to that school. Um, <laughs> so some in the name. Yeah. Arcadia. So hmm. funny enough, five months later, we were checking seriously about schools when we were coming in. We were checking about some other places. And then our, the Arcadia name pops up again. Wow, that's a that's coincidence. That's how I, that's how I ended that's up here. That's crazy. What's like, um, what's the biggest culture difference that you've kind of observed so far? Um, Asians. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Actually, like even the Asians shock, and the yeah. other races are m one of the reasons that we came here. Because uh, my family, we say, oh, we're going to come here. We don't want to go back to a Latino community because it's mm -hmm. almost like living in the same country. If we're going to go, we're going to throw ourselves into something completely different. That's so bold. that's one of the best reasons that we came to Arcadia. It's because it was mostly Asians and white people just to experience somewhere else. It's different. Wow. Completely different. Parents like are very bold and very courageous. Very yeah. that, your whole family is so courageous. That's like a really tough thing to do because like if you move to another country that you don't speak the language, naturally the thing you'd want to do is find more people yes. who speak your language. That's why we decided e Even a lot of the students else. here are, are immigrants mm -hmm. from like China and other places and, and they all stay in their groups because you know that's it's comfortable when we all stay in our groups because it's what we know. Yeah. So to like, not only come from a country like Venezuela into 
Arcadia, which is, I'm sure, vastly different, <laughs> but to, like, do it on purpose simply because it's different, like, that that's that's pretty brave. I don't think I would even have the courage to do that. Yeah, that's what practice a lot of people, but yeah, what can I say? Good to see you. Yeah, we're, well, we're glad you're here, man. Yeah. Yeah. We've taken you yeah. into APN. Yeah. Not in APN, but, like, you're practically in APN. Oh, well, if you were a junior, you'd be in APN next year. Just flunk senior year. Do it. <laughs> yeah. do it, be, do in, it. be officially in next year. <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll know more than other people. <laughs> true, true. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Like yeah. all those like when you when you first came here like besides the culture shock and all that, did you have did you have any problems like with learning the language or like anything uh, in particular? Well, me specifically I didn't because I I I studied English in Venezuela in my school and I was actually pretty good at it <gasps> within my year. And uh like even spellings, like I won the national spelling championship oh, two wow. years in a row. Actually, the national spelling yes. championship. National I didn't spelling win it three years oh. because I didn't go again. We're sitting next to a champion right here. Wow. Damn. <laughs> wow. Well, it looks like so we have to do spelling me now. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not holding one right now. I yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was ready to come to the U.S., especially California, because my sister was already here, my older sister. She came three, two years before us. Did she go for like college or something? Yes, she came for a training program. So oh, okay. She, she's was a she training trainer, right? Personal trainer. Oh. Yeah. I remember when you first came here and you'd yeah. hang out with um. Forgot his name, yeah. but yeah, and I would just be like, then I would have like Michaela if you remember yeah. her. Oh, with Aramis. Yeah. Shout Aramis. out to Aramis. Aramis. I had English with Aramis. <laughs> so Aramis is out there. Hi, Shout Aramis. out to him. Yeah, I would always be like, oh, that's our Venezuelan friend. <laughs> So, so I have a question for you guys. Yes. Um, a lot of the world has like their own opinion about Venezuela and like what they see on the news and things like that. But for you, as someone who grew up there, especially as a youth, what is what is like a common outlook you experienced as Venezuelan youth about the country and where it's going? Uh, so most of the news portray the idea of the of the politics being really bad, which I still agree that the politics are really bad. The whole. I don't. I don't even think it's a dictatorship. It's more like a country kidnapped by a really large group of people. It's not only Maduro. That like a loud power. minority kind of. It's a really large group of people that are keeping the country within the government. Like it's not only Maduro. It's also the vice president. Oh it's also the assembly, things like that, that took take over control of over what everything that's happening, right? Uh, but also, there's a problem socially. And that's something that I feel like is kind of weird to fix because a, a, a government, you can just overthrow it or you can take over. But how do you change the mindset of a full society? And that's I think that's not blaming the, the government, but the government sure, sure, surely helps. But it's going to take a long time to change the Venezuelan mindset or what is right or what is wrong. Or yeah, because it's, like it's, e- it's easy to say it's the government's fault, but like it's hard to look at yourself and be like, am I part of the problem yes. is how I think affecting yes. things in the country yeah. do you because think it's been getting better or worse worse since you every left? day every second uh, I also have many stories like uh, I've told a story before about the guy that took uh, advantage of the express kidnapping that goes on in Venezuela so in Venezuela there's this theory that people just they, they people kidnap you and then two days after they just ask for money and then they release you uh, that's a very common thing uh, but th- so this guy in a mall decided to open his business uh, late at night and 
offered these people that needed to pay the kidnappings money, and they offered the money for the kidnapping so the uh, family can, uh, the person that was in the family can come back. But then those those people were in debt with him. Uh-huh. Right? Oh. I remember you telling so me some then stuff about he, this. So then you can pay about it in a long time. But obviously he charges you more than what he gave you. Mm-hmm. So you're in debt with him. So uh, he made a lot of money. So it's just like that way. a cycle of exploiting people. Yes. Like you need it. Yes. But also now it's going to be someone else you're owing money to. That's something that you can blame on survival, but it still feels like it's it's a really horrible mindset to yeah, take it, advantage of such a horrible situation. It's like even though your situation is horrible, like yeah. at the end of the day, you're still taking advantage of others and adding to the problem as well. Yes. Jeez. Like, I know we hear about a lot of like malpractice and like scamming in the U.S., but like it's not – at least I don't think it's anything on that level. It's well, I mean, like, the most scamming we get is like Chinese phone calls. You're trying to get your credit card number or something yeah. like, in, in this well, yeah. area. But like – Having to worry about being like held hostage or something. Yeah, that's. Is that like where, where where you lived? Was that like a common thing? Like, did you know anyone who was held for money or anything? Uh, yes, I have known people that have been hostage or that their cousins were hostage or even like I have a cousin that he's been robbed eighteen times in a year. In a year. In a year. Eighteen times. What did they take? There's like, not even eighteen months in a year. <laughs> Everything that's that more on, than once a month they put a they put a gun on you and oh then they just ask for whatever you have just whatever you happen to have whatever on you, at that you time. happen to have on you but here's the thing if the if the currency is so like not worth it then why would they still bother with robbing you they don't even rob money anymore they rob telephone because the the oh, currency just items items yeah. because those they have like real physical value that you can use oh wow yeah so currency is useless yeah almost Last time I checked, it was a million. You can actually look up right now on YouTube. Yeah, the inflation rate. You can look up on YouTube, Venezuela inflation rate, and then you're going to see how over the years Venezuela passes all the countries by. Really? Like they're just skyrocketing. Completely. It's it's a lot like, um, for you history buffs out there, it's like when Germany... Oh. That they forced them to pay for the yeah. war. Yeah. We'll just have barrelfuls of money yes. worth nothing. Yeah. Burn so them people, for so fuel. So people really compare it to Nazi Germany. Or like pre-Nazi Germany. But right when it comes to the economic side, not even to the political. Like when it comes to economically how people used to live, it, it, they it's kind of like compare that. it to just like money. the closest thing, but it's not really the same. Money that's worthless for buying things, but yes. like you want to like you to just start your fire. Yes. Go for it. It's more useful as that. Yes. So, so you found the inflation rate over here, Paul? Yeah, but I don't know how to read the chart. Oh, you, can, you can find the YouTube video. <laughs> There's too many the numbers. YouTube video is going to show it to you, the, how it goes over the, the years. The thing is, like, the latest, like, um... We'll put the chart on the screen. Like, report from, like, the IMF that... Which stands for? Is the monetary fund. Yeah, like, they claim it's, like, yeah. about a million right now. Yeah. yeah. Like, a million percent. Like... You can look at yeah. you can look uh, up the, the video and even put The inflation rate fell to 1.62 million percent. Yeah. 1.62 million percent? I read, a, I read an article. Oh, but a, a now few, in March, it's 2.3 million. A few months ago, that says the, the World of Warcraft currency is worth more than the Venezuelan currency. Yes, I found it to be quite Disturbing. funny. So how, how, do, <laughs> how do things start on that path? Like, what was kind of... What the, was the start of it? Yeah, where did this all kind of start, like, roughly? Because uh, I'm sure it's not one specific event, but there's got to be, like, a period... 
Was it like it was a presidential really election? really just like once Maduro took power. No? It's not even Maduro. That, that started, Does it go like, back before him? Yeah. Like, uh, you can see it from the point of view politically, like people know from the outside, but from the inside, even my grand my grandpa used to say the country this country's going down in 1980s right? 80s that's what yeah. just what he felt not what he knew so but people then, like felt it coming yes some of them some of them people that as i was saying this was the the society was going down like the people how they thought it was going down and then in 1999 hugo chavez took power and what he mostly did was he took control like he he campaigned himself by saying that he was going to give uh, power to the people very socialist point of view uh, power to the people, everything back to Venezuela, take it from uh, international companies. And then he took control over everything. Uh, when he took control over everything, you, um, the problem is that he took control, he puts, he set some certain people, and those people were the ones that are going to work on the, the certain um, enterprises that he put them on, and those are not capable people to run them, which just crash everything that we produce. Is it like a put your friends in power kind of yes. thing? I don't know if you know this, but Maduro, before being president and before being vice president, was a bus driver. A bus driver. His highest education was high school. So how do you how do you get from bus driver to running a country? Running running a country. (laughs) Running. (laughs) I don't know. Know the right have the right friends. Wow. You know, it's it's when you talk about the whole like um, the president before talking about like power to the people and all that. Like that's the same thing all these guys who want to seize power have been saying for hundreds of years, you know, put the power back in the people's hands. You know, we're going to, you're not the problem. We're going to take it from other countries kind of thing. You know, it's, that's a very unrealistic way of viewing it because like either way, like that's going from like a zero to 100 mentality and something that was caused and is almost basically irreversible. So, I mean, it's, it's what, you, it's what you want to hear, right? Yeah. If you're like... Um, People want to hear what they want to hear so like, they think it's better. Exactly. You're, like, yeah. you're in the lower class. You know, you're losing your job. And all of a sudden, this guy comes around. He's going to say he's going to give it all back to you. He won. He won because of uh, resentment, mostly. Of the other one. candidate? Of No, of people. Of, of people. people in the lower classes. Because the people believe in Venezuela had a big boom in the 1970s where the median class became the high class and the, the people in the lower class became the median class. And then those that were stayed in the lower class, they just started to have a feeling of resentment those, towards those that were able to gain something. So it's like everyone else got bumped up, why didn't they kind of thing? Yes. So so then those people that kept kept staying in the lower class and saw Venezuela go over or become the richest country in South America during the 1970s, they just mm-hmm. said, why not me? Or I'm going to vote for this person that is going to give me everything. And then a generation later, over almost 2 million percent <laughs> inflation. That's... Yeah. It's, that's how easy it is. Just yes. a few decades and some You just have to believe. Votes. You have to believe in what you th- yep. want to hear. And then whether it's going to happen or not, you're still going to have like little hope of like, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But like. It's more complicated than. Yeah. Politics, socialism, all that's like, it's all for like, it's like a big con. <laughs> it's a beautiful idea that just doesn't work. It's, yeah. If it's too <laughs> it's good to be true, it is. Yeah. You know, politics and economics is easier than not easier is much harder than elect a guy and he'll fix it all it's everything is connected you change one thing it's going to affect some people on the other side of the world it's like um when trump passed the is it the tariff or something yeah it indirectly like screwed with everyone in like that steel industry put yeah. them all out of a job because it was just too high wow um i've only seen a little bit part of what happened like, I was born into it already. Mm-hmm. Like, Chavez took in 1999, and I was born in 2001. 
So I was born in this. So that's all you've ever life. known. That's all I know. That's what mostly a, what it was so different because I don't know anything else. What did your parents say about it? Uh, my parents? Well, not even I. I don't think I have a, a huge shock as other people because my parents were able to keep me, like, take us outside, like, international to other countries to experience for months before everything really, really, really went bad. Uh, so I have an idea of what other countries work like. But Venezuela was like, keep, keep me in, and that's where I live. But my parents saw everything go south. Right? So it's people that my my dad was born in 1958, where that was the first year that democracy came to Venezuela after Marcos Pérez Jiménez took control in like years before. And everything was going up for Venezuela until 1970s, 1980s. He lived really good. He was able to uh, maintain himself and then get a lot of businesses. And then when Chavez took over, he just he can, he can see the country going bad every day. Just like right in front of you. Just right in front of you. Everything's going just you just see it declining. You know, it's such a high speed that you don't even notice. Dang. Yeah. What was like? Um, even though obviously the the conditions and everything was declining, I still imagine leaving was hard, right? Yes, um, I. I, I don't want to say, like, um, I, I know it was hard, and I, I put myself, and I always tell the story, not to people to feel bad for me, but also to encourage other people that they're able to do it, like I did. But I'm really impressed on what my parents did, not even me, because there was not much that I could sacrifice. I don't have much. I'm still a minor, so there was not much that I left other than the people, my friends, how I used to live. You didn't, your, but, your life was part of your parents' life? Yes. Yeah. But I was uh, even my life over there. I was almost in jail. I went from my home. I went to school. I went to home. I went to school because you just couldn't go anywhere else because it's not safe. Um, but my parents they decided to come here, and both their titles are not uh, able. They they don't they don't allow them to work here, right? Because uh, before coming to another country, you have to legalize your papers. By legalizing your paper, you're able to work somewhere else. Uh, the con- the government doesn't want this to happen, so they normally slow the processes. Or the, the Venezuelan government? Yes, or because th- that is a it is a federal public like a, it's a public uh, what is it like a company that does this? They legalize the country, so it's under the government, mm-hmm. and the process is really slow, and some of them even cancel it personally, so people don't leave. So both my parents had to leave without the title. So they basically just came here. Without Nothing. all the work they'd done before, completely gone, and then they still decided to go anyway. Right? Yes, that's brave. Yes, I believe they are. I really, I don't tell them that much, but I, I'm really proud <laughs> oh. of them. Should let them know. No, that's a tough decision. Shout out to my dad, <laughs> name exactly like me, Oswaldo Romero. To my mom, to father as well. Thank you. Also, thank your father for me for driving me home that one night. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Eva, well, you have a lot of 